Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I asked Matt Bear to hang around the mic for a second. I don't know if he heard me or not. The guy's busy. He has things he has to do. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I was looking at this story about changes to 465. That the, on the north side, the 465 west ramp to Michigan Road. You know, who uses that? That's going to close Friday at 9. And it's set to reopen Monday at 5 a.m. So it's going to close today, 9 p.m., reopen Monday, 5 a.m. Um, it seems that every second there's another bit of construction going on. And sometimes they're small things and sometimes they're major things. I didn't know what this one was. I wasn't sure about what what this is. Uh, the two leftbound lanes, uh, southbound I-65 near Lafayette Road, are going to close from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Important if you're, I don't know, traveling. 52nd Street Bridge over I-65 will be one lane Friday through Sunday. I, I can no longer tell whether these are just standard projects or these are, well, we had to go back and fix the project we had already done because we should have really done this and done that, or it's just minor stuff and this is the standard thing. I can't keep up. So that's why I, I turned to Matt Bear. But I think Matt Bear turned to the bathroom. I, th- I think Matt Bear, uh, one, of, one of his protein smoothies, uh, this, was his, this was his allotted time. Like Sheldon in the Big Bang Theory, he has a schedule. And he's going to keep to it, dang it. And then, very happy uh, to see um, 9th Street Bistro and Our Table American Bistro. That one's in Bargersville. Uh, they are now part of the Open Table Top 100 Restaurants. Now, I have not been to Our Table American Bistro in Bargersville. I have been to 9th Street Bistro in Noblesville. Those people are nuts good. They're not good. They're incredible. Ninth Street Bistro is incredible. The the job that they do, small spot. I mean, it's it it is a small, small stop a uh, uh, spot. Uh, and and you you almost wish you you wonder if they could do forty more tables, or they don't even want to bother with forty more tables. They do what they do, and they're totally happy. The food at 9th Street, I actually had a reservation set a couple weeks ago and couldn't make it. Canceled it in time, did my job properly. Those guys are excellent. I don't know anything about Bargersville, Our Table, American Bistro. I I only hope a good, uh, I I would love to try it. So they are on uh, the list for Open Tables uh, U.S. Top 100. 
I think there's some uh, other indie places that could have clearly made the list, but this is good. I was very happy to see it. And 9th Street, if you haven't been right there, right off the square in Noblesville, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to make it more difficult for everybody else, but holy cow. Holy cow. Uh, now, Matt Bear, you're back, right? Yes, I'm here. You, 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 had, to, you had to do your, uh, your business. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do my business, absolutely. It's, right? uh, you, yeah. you drink all those protein shakes, you know, those kale smoothies, and, you know, you, you, you got to have a rhythm. I, it's actually there is no rhythm to it, but you drink the kale smoothies and the coffee, and, and there is frequency. Let's just say that. I was trying to understand uh, the the, the I four sixty five West ramp to Michigan Road closes tonight. Uh, then uh, there's two lanes closing southbound I sixty five near Lafayette Road. Then the fifty second Street bridge is being reduced to one uh, lane. There's like nine million things going on, and I want to know: is this the standard stuff? Or are there problems with the construction they've been doing? And there's going to be lots of these little fixes coming in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. Here's what's happening right now. You're talking about westbound to Michigan Road up on the northwest side, okay? Right. Um, the two major construction projects we have going right now are actually on the northeast side and on the south side. Uh, on the northeast side, they're rebuilding 69 and 465. That's clear path. On the south side, the one I've been talking about this morning is I-69 construction, which is going to be done at the end of next year. Now, in these two areas... The northeast side and the southwest side, you can expect construction like this happening, these ramps opening and closing at least for the next year on the south side. And then on the northeast side, that's going to go through 2025. So, yes, there are going to be inconsistencies all over 465, especially in those areas that we're talking ramps closing, emergency maintenance. It's just the interstate is torn to hell right now. <laughs> that's the best way I can put it. And with coming southbound 65, you're talking about Lafayette Road. Road? Uh, yeah, yeah, Lafayette Road is is reducing down to one lane. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, driving in the city, there, there is so much money being pumped into the streets right now that, that there are repairs being made. I, I can speak specifically to downtown, in effect. Uh, they're doing the conversions with the streets, like on College Avenue. It goes from one lane to two lanes. Um, yes, one lane to two lanes, as in one lane going north, one lane going south, and it used to be a northbound one way. There's a lot happening right now. There are a lot of construction zones, and some of them, things just kind of happen like you're talking about. There's a bad one right now, just south of downtown on 31 East, where if you're going towards downtown, you either have to start on the left side of the road or the right side of the road, and there's not a lot of warning to it, and all of a sudden you're down the one lane. My point being, we have to be careful right now, especially on Monday when things could have changed, especially on the south side. And we just have to show a little bit of grace because it is absolutely chaotic at the moment. So first things first, make sure you're following Matt in Traffic on X, Matt in Traffic on X Twitter. Make sure you check out uh, WIBC.com and the traffic blog for everything that's going on. And number three, um, helicopter or hovercraft? Helicopter. These are your ways to get around the city. <laughs> That's just absolutely. Helicopter, hovercraft. These are the things to do. <laughs> right? Tony Katz, that's me. That's Matt Bear, by the way. 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
So this was the headline that I read. Indiana courting two advanced manufacturing projects valued at $7.2 billion. Saw it over at IBJ, Peter Blanchard, with the reporting. And then I went over to Inside Indiana Business to try and get an understanding of what's going on here. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. I texted. I'm like, all right, this is a very, very weird headline. We don't usually talk about courting advanced manufacturing projects. We don't usually get an insight into where the IEDC, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, or, or others are reaching out. Most famously, we have no idea what was offered to uh, HQ2 for Amazon. We have no idea what it is Indiana offered. What we do know is that these projects are valued at over $7 billion, and the IEDC is asking for $180 million bucks to bring these companies here. Now, now look, uh, uh, Gary Dick, I've thrown a couple parties in my time. I've, I've, I've done some entertaining to try and get business. $180 million worth? That's some coin, kid. What are they asking yep. for specifically? For what kinds of projects? How does this come to be? A lot of money. And first of all, Tony, I got to apologize for my my voice. Uh, I've had a little little head cold here for a while, so still. Uh, still I don't know anything about me. having a cold. I've never had a cold in my life. I am a picture of health twenty four seven. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but I, I understand it, man. I've been dealing with it too. Uh, talk I slow. Guess. Go for it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, big dollars, no question about it. And it's it's uh, for two uh, separate projects, uh, $100 million in incentives for a company that plans to invest $4.1 billion in an advanced manufacturing facility, 2,700 jobs, another uh, uh, $80 million or so in incentives for a company that wants to invest $3.1 billion, uh, create 800 jobs. So these are big projects. And uh, they do. The, the headline uh, gets you. Uh, and, and, but it is part of a competitive marketplace, if you will. Uh, and the age-old debate, do incentives work? Are they important? Uh, you go back and forth on it. Everybody's in that game, and it's a question of are you going to play or are, are you not going to play? Indiana, or Indiana said, yeah, we're going to play. We're going to play in this game. Uh, and we're going to compete with places like Michigan and other place, places for these advanced manufacturing jobs, which I think, Tony, is is a, is a part of this question. What kinds of jobs are you talking about? Are these are these low wage or minimum wage jobs? No, these are are, are advanced manufacturing jobs that typically pay well above the average. So the incentive is there to go after those jobs, and that's what uh, I think Indiana is trying to do. Can you define the idea of incentives? Yeah, that's the question. I, I that's my question for you. Is is this about giving some kind of tax relief for construction? Is this about uh, some other type of relief? Is this actual dollars that are a, a check that is written to these companies? How does that work? You know, it's a great question, uh, and it's uh, re- really kind of all all of the above tax incentives. Uh, uh, are involved training, and that's a that's a piece of this that's important, especially here in Indiana. Uh, uh, grants to train workers for the particular kinds uh, of jobs uh, that's uh, there too. The other piece that's important here, and it didn't used to be the case years ago, but uh, these are quote unquote performance based. So if the investment doesn't happen, if the investment 
uh, certainly if the investment doesn't live up to the jobs, uh, there, there, there are clawbacks there where that money doesn't go to the company. So there are some protections designed uh, to, uh, to protect the state when it comes to, to the investment. But uh, infrastructure, uh, land acquisition, all kinds of things. Here, here's, a, here's an interesting thing, uh, Tony. Uh, the uh, Stellantis Samsung SDI going to put two electric vehicle battery plants in Kokomo. Massive investment, massive number of jobs. Uh, I think the state of Indiana offered around 200, maybe a little bit less than $200 million in incentives, which is a lot. But the reporting out of Michigan is that the state of Michigan offered Stellantis almost a billion dollars, a billion dollars in direct incentives to locate the plant there. They didn't go there. They came to Indiana. Uh, So interesting dynamics at play, the amount of money and this money, Tony, that you're talking about uh, uh, trying to get $180 million, that's part of a fund that was approved by the legislature, kind of a deal. They call it a deal-closing fund, $500 million. That was approved last session of the uh, General Assembly. Uh, so it comes out of that uh, pot of money. Michigan has a similar fund. So, again, competitive uh, marketplace out there for these uh, for these big projects, and these are two mega projects, and there are others, as I'm told, by those who are uh, fairly close to the situation. There are others kind of in the queue looking at Indiana that uh, that uh, may be ready to go before long. Talking to Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com, on Twitter, at IIB. Yes, it's important to recognize this $500 million deal-closing fund. Yes, it's important to recognize that you're competing against other states. And yes, it's good to recognize that states recognize, that companies recognize that going to Michigan is ridiculous. Um, it's just that you don't often hear about the ask, like th- that this story comes up. These projects are $7.2 billion in total, some pretty massive stuff. Right now, yep. though, it is very obvious, uh, Kerry Dick, that the people are on edge, specifically regarding this leap conversation, uh, how the land was acquired, this possibility of water. Uh, we have the story at WIBC.com uh, that uh, water is not going to get pumped until the studies are done. And Governor Holcomb is trying to keep everybody a little bit, you know, relaxed uh, on the subject. But you've got the story. IEDC is asking for $71.7 million to acquire approximately 750 acres of land already under option in Boone County for this this uh, leap research and innovation district, is this thing the the catalyst to all good things connecting Indianapolis to to Lafayette, really to Purdue, or is is this is this like a build it and they will come? It's 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 Indiana taking a swing at at, at the fences, and they're not really too worried about whether or not Hoosiers are happy. Well, I think. Um... I don't know about the Hoosiers happy part, Tony, but 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 your point on taking a swing for the fences, I think that's a, I think that's a, an accurate way to describe it. Uh, the, the Leap District is, uh, and you mentioned that that connection, that that corridor that's been talked about between downtown Indy to, to Purdue and West Lafayette. I think that's a real thing. But I think more than anything, this is part of a strategy where the where the IEDC, the state, is saying, "Hey, look, let's 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 get property." And let's create these hubs where advanced industries, whether it's advanced manufacturing, life sciences, whatever the case might be, where they want to locate, where they want to be around other like-minded companies, other innovation-based companies. 
And uh, so there's the Leap District in Lebanon, but I know the state is looking at other areas. Uh, perhaps you could call that a, a, a Leap kind of district up in the South Bend area. And I think there are other areas, too. Where they're targeting to say let's 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 get land and let's build it as you said build it and they work will come prepare it prepare the site and they will come I think that's part of the strategy and we'll see if it it, it, it works in terms of now you have as you mentioned you have the water issue uh, for sure in Lebanon and Boone County and we'll see where that uh, plays out but the early returns in terms of the interest Lily investing you know largest uh, project in Lily history in uh, in Boone County at that Leap District. These other these projects we're talking about now, looking at the Leap District. So uh, the early returns are there's interest uh, on the part of business and industry, and that can translate into investment and jobs uh, down the road. Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. Go have your tea. Uh, get yourself feeling better, Gary. Appreciate you taking the time. Hey. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Mm -hmm. I like the playoffs. Mm -hmm. No dickity, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Saturday, 3 p.m., Eat, Drink, Smoke is live at Premier Arms in Brownsburg, 3754 South Green Street. It is going to be fantastic. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. I'll be there. Fingers Malloy will, will be there. Hotel Tango. We'll be there. Hotel Tango Distillery. We're going to be tasting bourbon, rye, everything they've got. So if you've never tried it, come on out. There's no cost. you got to be 21. Uh, come on out. Check it out. Meet Travis Barnes, who uh, is the founder, the owner of Hotel Tango Distillery. Enjoy every bit of it. We're going to be uh, doing some some raising money. Any jewelry purchase inside Premier Arms, you know, they've got PA Jewelers, the jewelry store, which is in incredible. And the watches and the Al Unser Jr. signature watch will be available, which is an incredible Christmas gift. It's very cool. Classic black. Classic black with the, the silver signature. Uh, great, great uh, uh, watch. Uh, that'll all be available. 10% of all jewelry proceeds go to Helping Veterans and Families. It's a group called HVAF, and they'll be on site uh, as well. Uh, so you can meet Travis Barnes. You can taste some fantastic bourbons. Uh, we'll have pizza there from Greek's Pizzeria. Uh, full disclosure, I, I do work with them, and I'm happy to, to bring them uh, in in on this. Uh, the, the firearms that are for sale, the jewelry, 10% of every jewelry purchase. Local jewelers, like like really cool stuff from, from, from local artisans. You can't get anywhere else. You get there at PA Jewelers inside Premier Arms. 10% goes to helping veterans and families. We might have a couple of gift bags, uh, packs that we, we raffle off, or you can make a donation and possibly get if I think the donation amount is enough. It's totally arbitrary and up to me. Uh, that's going to be happening, and we're going to smoke cigars, and we're going to drink bourbon, and we're going to support local, and we're going to support veterans. That's how we're going to do it. Now, I know the Colts are playing. I may or may not have some kind of setup that will allow you to also enjoy the game. I don't know, because I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not say. So I don't want to say. I'd rather not say and leave it questionable. What I know is, come on out. It's going to be fantastic. Weather's going to be nice. You get to, you get to do all the things. Uh, you, you're interested in guns, you get to get check out all the guns. You're interested in jewelry, you get to check out all the jewelry. And then you can check out the other stuff. And you get to shop local, supporting local artisans, supporting local business, uh, having bourbon, and we're just going to hang. Like, why can't we just hang out? 
Why does everything have to be a thing? Can't we just hang out? I am trying to learn how to be a bro, people. And I am terrible at it. I do not know how to... This has been told to me. This has been, this has been very clearly stated. Tony Katz does not know how to bro. Thank you, April Gregory. Tony Katz does not know how to bro. Um, I, I, I would like to try and prove those people wrong, but they're totally right. I don't know how, but I try, dang it. I try really hard. This Saturday, 3 p.m., Premier Arms in Brownsburg, 3754 South Green Street. Hotel Tango Distillery will be there. Uh, we'll be trying all the bourbons, all the good stuff they have. Have you ever tried their cordials? They're nuts. So good. This is what you want on the table for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and New Year's. This is exactly what you want. And then, of course, all the whole jewelry selection, the whole firearm selection, pizza from Greek's Pizzeria. I, I, might, I might bring some other stuff. Well, you know me. You know, I, 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 I like a nosh. I do. And then uh, cigars. And, of course, if you don't have one, don't worry. There is a humidor right there at Premier Arms. Eat, Drink, Smoke has curated the humidor. As a matter of fact, uh, I got a call the other day. Uh, one of the things is out, and we need to decide what to put in. So we've got some work to do over there. But we actually did select a great number of the cigars, soon all the cigars, in, in that humidor. Nice little selection so you can always pick something up and, and take it home. Join us Saturday. Eat, Drink, Smoke live 3 p.m. at Premier Arms in Brownsburg, and uh, your jewelry purchases will help uh, helping veterans and families, HVAF. Uh, they'll be on site as well. So supporting locals, supporting veterans, having a good time, and seeing some friends. What else could you want? Catch you Saturday, 3 p.m. at Premier Arms in Brownsburg, premierarms.com. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. said uh, sharply critical of, of, of Netanyahu, I hear from Israelis uh, in, in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, um, there is a sense of really catastrophic mistakes having been made. Bibi polarized the country in the year before Hamas's invasion, and everybody in the Arab world can see it. Israel was, was sh more sharply divided than I've ever seen it in 40 years of covering the place. So... Because people were very focused on the judicial reforms that Benjamin Netanyahu wants to bring forward, because their Supreme Court never is a joke, never mind the fact that they don't have a constitution, as we've stated many times, Israeli politics is, is a clown show. Therefore, it's his fault that Hamas attacked, even though Hamas attacks Israel over decades. We know that Mossad dropped the ball. They took their eye off the prize. And one can argue that Netanyahu's going to have to take the blame for that. Once this war is quote-unquote over, Netanyahu is gone. I have stated that here. But the issue? The problem is, oh, that right-wing Netanyahu. Would you stop at MSNBC? Just stop the absolute madness. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning, but they didn't.
and other people who've been who've been critical of but, him. But, 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 but David, David, we, we we have found, we have seen, and I've heard this from members of the Trump administration, as well as members of the Biden administration. Benjamin Netanyahu is is a, is not an effective leader, but for the United States. Netanyahu's government uh, would would fall. Israel would would, would be in in severe, uh, in dire straits. At what point does the United States let the Israelis know we're standing behind you, but we are not going to keep you don't get a blank check for a guy that sat back and had the attack plans in his government for a year, continued the funding of Hamas through Qatar and did nothing the day that Israeli women were being raped and babies were being shot and burned and grandmothers were being killed. So it is Netanyahu's fault and not Hamas's fault. The New York Times reporting that Israel knew Hamas's attack plan more than a year ago. Well, if you tell me that they knew the plan a year ago, I would ask you, why didn't they bomb Hamas straight to hell a year ago? And the answer is because the American left and guys uh, as as, uh, questionable as Joe Scarborough would say, what an attack from Israel. My gosh, they weren't even attacked. What a provocative measure. This is gross. You've got staffers at the White House gathering in front of the White House saying they demand a ceasefire. Fire these people. Don't cease, fire them. There are stories of staffers in Congress walking up to members of Congress saying, you should vote for a ceasefire. You're a staffer. Sit down, shut up, and make copies. You wanna wanna talk? You wanna have a voice? Quit, go have a voice. You're a staffer. You don't make yourself heard. Let me say that again. You don't make yourself heard. You're a staffer. Do your job. Then when you want to run for office, then you can make yourself heard. You want to make yourself heard in the room with with, uh, the person you work for, that's fine. You're going to walk up to other members and act tough guy? I want to see some staffers get their asses kicked. What are we talking about? The blame. It's all Israel. Israel's the problem. Dear Lord, there's this talk now that that the U.S. is trying to push Israel into doing less into ramp uh, wrapping this up okay you guys are done here they're not done and israel should say we're done when hamas is done they should say it and i hope they do they might lose out on some funding it'll be very precarious for israel but the united states standing behind them where where show me where this administration does this Through the words, Joe Biden saying, I'm a Zionist. Oh, by the way, wrap it up. I'm sorry, that's not standing behind anything. Hamas is a terrorist organization that has to be destroyed. And as for this radical line of of thought. Like, what what stage does the Biden administration say that? Because I know American taxpayers don't want to keep funding a war that this guy's running. When he's not only damaging our reputation across the globe, he's damaging Israel's reputation across the globe, and he can't be trusted. Damaging with who? Hamas? 
Russia, Iran, China, damaging with who, Joe Scarborough? What kind of talk is this? With friends like Joe Scarborough, one doesn't have friends. Benjamin Netanyahu is damaging the reputation. You don't have to agree with Netanyahu on everything. I already said the guy's going to get fired. And if the unity government wants to replace him right now, I wouldn't complain. Because if you gave me Benny Gantz or you brought back Naftali or anybody else, I think the same approach would take place. The destruction of Hamas because it has to happen. But this... This is pseudo-intellectual claptrap from MSNBC, and Joe Scarborough can go to hell in a handbasket. This is nutty. Israel's reputation is being damaged. It's the United Nations. They want Israel gone anyway. And so do all these worthless college students. Not all of them, but far too many. Oh. Fire the staffers in the White House, and Joe Scarborough has failed his own mind completely.